Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Fired in. Rocket it in. By Jesse Lingard. From behind. With 10 players. Manchester United have taken the lead in extra time in the cup final. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 20 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. This week is a bite-sized episode. We've won the Cup. Um, dramatic late winner from Jesse Lingard at Wembley. You've just heard the commentary from it there. It wasn't enough to save Louis van Gaal's job. And in a separate episode this week, we discuss the sacking of the Dutchman and the future of Jose Mourinho at Manchester United with an announcement on his arrival at the club expected imminently. Jack, managerial things aside, they came about very quickly after that cup final, but a brilliant end and perhaps fitting to end Van Gaal's spell with a youth player grabbing the winner at Wembley. Um, quite a poor game until the 80th minute, but after Palace went in front, uh, the atmosphere got better, the football got better and ended up being a, a classic cup final in the last 30 minutes, the extra time period at least. Yeah, it was strangely, well, I say strangely, maybe not for Man United of this season, but strangely boring, really, cup final for the first 75-80 minutes. I thought first half we weren't too bad, we controlled the game quite well, but we didn't look very threatening. Um, second half, we, we, we just struggled, I think generally. We kind of looked even less likely to score than we had done in the first half, bar hitting the post twice and Fellaini and Martial. Um, and when, when Jason Punching scored, I don't know about you, but I really thought it was game over because we just didn't look like scoring. But no, it, it was great. And as you said, quite befitting that Van Hull's final kind of swan song as, as United manager was a youth player or someone who's been promoted from the youth team winning us the cup final. Well, there were two moments then, and it's so unlike Van Hull's two years at United that we managed to come back. Not We didn't come back from behind twice, but there were two moments where you felt we'd lost it. The punching goal where, as you say, the game had been pretty boring, pretty dull. Um, we'd had a few chances. They'd probably had one chance. Um, they, they'd actually scored through Conor Wickham, but the free kick had already been given. And Punchin scored, and you thought, right, well, we've only got 10 minutes. It's not very like Van Gaal for us to come back here. 
and then Chris Morling's comical sending off, and you thought, right, this is over. But we've done it once before. Kevin Moran in the 80s got sent off, and we won. And Chris Morling in 2016. The atmosphere was pretty, pretty bad. I was there, and I was sitting in in the middle of about 500 United fans who kept asking me to sit down and stuff like that. I think it's not just that, but the the entire United end, compared to the Palace fans who were just having a party, really, their first cup final since we beat them in 90, and they were having a party, and we were so tense, we've been so, we've lacked such excitement in the past season that we were tense, couldn't really enjoy it, uh, and it was quite a dull game, as you say, and the atmosphere, it, it resulted in the atmosphere being really poor while the Palace fans were having the time of their lives. It was really strange, honestly, because it's. I, th- I suppose it, it kind of reflected the tension, I think, around around the club because it it was just a bit um, a bit flat almost. It seemed on watching it on TV, it seemed a bit flat sometimes in the United end. Um, I guess kind of it could be down to you know a lot of corporate and sponsor seats or whatever. Um, but yeah, there was a big big difference between kind of the United fans and and the Palace fans. Um, but like you said, I think it was quite strange it, the way that we came back because. We've seen quite often under under Van Hal that when we do go a goal down, especially that late in a, in a game, we find it very very hard to break teams down when they sit back and and defend very deep. So I was certainly surprised to see us come back. But in the end, in the end, I was really really glad. It was another great Wembley moment after Martial's last minute goal against Everton in the semi final. Um, I just wish that it almost would have been celebrated a bit more because obviously all the managerial changes kind of overshadowed it straight away. Yeah, I found that it lacked class. And if that's the way that Mourinho is starting his career at United, Mourinho's camp really, uh, Jorge Mendes and, and his uh, team, if that's the way they want to start off his United career, it's not the best way to do it. In fact, it it saddened me the fact that they didn't let they didn't seem to be able to let Van Gaal have his moment, and then maybe on Sunday evening or Monday evening, as it turned out to be, then you announce the the Van Gaal sacking in a dignified manner and everything. But instead, two minutes after we've won the cup and he's lifted it, you're getting these reports coming out. I didn't like that. Yeah, it it wasn't a great atmosphere. The, the one thing was we had we had these little flags dotted around the place. I had to nick someone else's because. There were so few, whereas the Palace fans... I'm not sure if this is United or the FA organising. The Palace fans had a banner. They were allowed these big swinging flags about. And they were all jumping up and down with these shiny red and blue flags. And we had these little ones that kept falling off. And that was about it. So I'm not sure if that was United or the FA. But if it was United, it it just shows how they take this for granted. Whereas Palace made a proper effort. And they should United should have made a proper effort. Because given what the supporters who got the tickets for, not me, but the, those season ticket holders who have gone to all 10 cup games, given the appalling football they've seen, they deserved a, a better atmosphere than that. Anyway, after they took the lead, it got better. And Wayne Rooney, after <laughs> for the equaliser, a proper <sighs> captain's influence there. He hasn't been a game changer for, for quite a few years, actually. He's contributed a few bad spells quite often he's negatively changed the game but this was I mean he picked up the ball and ran through or past five or six players and and then he doesn't get the assist or the goal but it's, it's his goal really yeah it was quite funny watching it because the commentators commentating on the game it was almost complete shock as Rooney went on this run it was kind of like he's gone past one and now two and three and four and it just it, I couldn't really believe it watching it it was it was great 
I, Rooney put in a real captain's performance on on Saturday, especially in the second half and after an extra time after we went down a goal. You could really see that he he felt that that he needed this FA Cup. He felt that it looked like he felt that he owed it to to the club, to the fans, to the manager. Um, and he kind of took matters into his own hands quite a lot. After 110, 115 minutes, the, the the energy that he seemed to have was incredible. It's the first time I've seen Rooney with that kind of smile on his face in five or six years. Gen- genuinely, yeah. because he looked like he was a kid again lifting the cup. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I haven't seen him like that in years, and it's great to see. And fans will remember that, because the two transfer requests, or supposed transfer requests, um, we don't know who's lying, Fergie or Rooney, those two are a black mark on his United career and at times swearing into the camera, stuff like this. But the fans clearly appreciated it and it was a proper captain's performance. It's not Roy Keane-esque, but it it had that sort of feeling about it. Like he thought, well, if no one else is going to do it, this is my job. And I think people appreciate that hugely. Yeah, absolutely. It was great. And it ended a streak of a run of good games, I think, from Rooney since he's gone back into midfield. Um, it, it seems to have kind of reinvigorated him a little bit, whether he maybe feels he has something to prove or may, maybe it does just suit him now. I, I'm not sure, but it was great to see him play so well. And, and like you said, he just seemed like he was enjoying it so much as well, which isn't something that we've really been able to say in the last few years, um, certainly since the departure of Alex Ferguson. And I think it really endeared him to the fans on Saturday because obviously we, we've all seen the amount of criticism that he's got this season and, and in the, the last couple of seasons, whether rightly or wrongly. But it was really nice to see all the fans kind of come together and really ad- appreciate and admire the performance that he put in. Daily Blind was excellent at times, but there was a few moments. At one point, he, he took the ball down, it comes in the air, he touches it down and strides forward in his own penalty area with two Palace players closing him down. And then he passes out and starts an attack, and that's what he's so good at. But there were a few moments where he showed why he probably isn't the the long-term option at centre-back. And despite his excellence this season, we do need another centre-back, at least to cover for him, if not to replace him. And hopefully he can make an impact in central midfields or as a, as a backup, like he has done as a utility player, midfield, defence and left-back. A few dodgy moments at times, especially against Yannick Bellassi. I really like David. He's had a really good season, but I have to agree. I think next season I would be very, very surprised to see him in a first-choice centre-back pairing. I can see him definitely staying at the club and probably being used more in midfield and as a kind of very versatile player who can come in wherever needed, um, almost in sort of the, the John O'Shea type role without meaning to... <laughs> downplay David's abilities as a footballer. John O'Shea um, is, is one of the finest footballers I've been graced to see. <laughs> but yeah, it was a strange game from Blind. He was solid defensively, but as you said, there was a couple of mistakes. Um, notably the one, although it wasn't a great pass back to him, the one where he lost the ball for Zaha to run through and the bizarre kind of, not a foul, but didn't win the ball challenge from Rooney on, on Zaha as well. Um, so yeah, it, it was... It was a mixed bag for, for Blind, but I, like you said, I would be surprised to see him starting for Man United next season. And his centre-back partner, Chris Morley, not his finest, <laughs> not his finest moment. <laughs> um, it, it didn't matter in the end. Quite comical. Uh, it wasn't your your standard red card. It was a, a proper a proper drag back on the leg. He, they sort of 
they both fell over and it looked like a 50-50 and he, he thought, oh, he's he's lost it here, but there's cover for him. And he clearly didn't see the cover and just thought, all right, we're, we're going to take him down here. It was quite lucky that it came just before half-time of extra time, though, because we had no period of confusion or disorganisation. I think there was about a minute and a half before Van Hal and, and everyone could sort out who could go where and properly have a rest and, uh, and adjust their mindset to their new position. So that was quite lucky. Yeah, it was. Like I said, it was quite a comical red card. Just it, it seemed to take an age before the, kind of the play actually stopped. It felt like Smallin was grabbing hold of Balassi's legs for, for ages and ages. I mean, you, you knew. He, he knew it was coming. He didn't, didn't really even bother taking a, a long look at Mark Clattenberg. As soon as he saw that yellow card come out, he knew what was coming. We were lucky... Lucky in the fact that Ashley Young had been brought on in the end because it, it meant that he could hilariously move from striker to left back. Um, which... yeah, that's another thing that sums up Van Hal's United career. Jesse Lingard scoring the winner. Quite a lot of dull football. A drab atmosphere at times from the United fans who were, who were quite bored. And Ashley Young managing to play striker and left back within the same game. Impressive <laughs> stuff. Yeah, it really was. Um I think we all knew, we could all tell it was coming as well. As soon as Ashley Young, we saw that he was about to come on, we, we all thought, okay, well, the logical thing here would be for Martial to go up front and Ashley Young to come on left midfield. But we all knew that wouldn't happen. Um, so yeah, seeing him go from striker to left back was, was quite a funny moment. But like, like you said, it ended up working out because it, like, like he's, he's such a versatile player, Ashley Young, that it could, it did end up sort of working. Um, although I was, I was very worried that, it would leave us too open at the back as we went in search of a winner. But in the end, it all worked out very well. I haven't fully seen the highlights yet. I think it was it Matteo Darmian playing at centre back, and we somehow yeah. managed. Yeah, we managed to have a full back and a midfielder as our centre back pairing, and <laughs> a winger slash striker this season, and another winger as our as our two full backs. <laughs> yeah, um, and then. Don't forget the striker playing centre mid in Rooney as well. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I mean, that sums up Van Hal. And moving on to the winner, we've taken a while to get onto it. A superb finish, waiting on the edge of the box. Really, very little backlift. It's all instinct and oh, just what a moment. Van Hal said that winning the cup provides something. He compared it to getting top four. And the, the thing is, winning the FA Cup and it was my first cup final at Wembley, and you can see you can see where some people are coming from when they say they'd rather win the FA Cup than finish top four, because winning the cup provides memories and and experiences that you remember for the rest of your life. And finishing top four or finishing third or fourth when you haven't challenged for the title, you've just had a normal season. You can see why some people think, well, which would I rather? There, I mean, I think I'd rather win the FA Cup and. It's a fair point, but really you want the memories of the FA Cup to come alongside finishing in the top four. And I guess that's where Van Gaal ultimately failed. Yeah, I think in in terms of the actual moment, winning the FA Cup is is a lot nicer than, than getting top four because it is just such a great a great occasion at a cup final, especially if like you like yourself, you're lucky enough to be there. Um and just in terms of the celebrations, it's so Especially when you win it like we did with such a, like a dramatic kind of win coming from behind with 10 men scoring an extra time. Um, and with such a, a brilliant goal. So in terms of that, it, it's, it's a much more celebratory moment, but 
yeah, I mean, in the long term, I think certainly getting top four is a, is more beneficial for the club. Um, put it this way, I think if if we'd have won, if we'd have not won the FA Cup but got top four, Van Gaal would have had a much better chance of staying in the job. <laughs> I suppose when we're, when we're sitting here next season and City, Arsenal, even Leicester and Tottenham are playing in the Champions League, I guess maybe those moments where we're sitting there feeling jealous and thinking, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we were getting excited about hearing the Champions League music and, and the flag waving in the middle of the pitch and those Champions League nights where you get a takeout and, and you have it at home or, or you're going to the match and you create memories there. Because Champions League nights often create memories equal to the FA Cup. I guess maybe those moments equal the, the moment of winning the FA Cup. So I guess you can see it either way. Well, that's all we have time for in this very short episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast. As I said earlier, we'll bring you a separate episode on Jose Mourinho and Louis van Gaal after the departure of the Dutchman and the imminent arrival of the Portuguese former Chelsea, Real Madrid and Inter Milan manager. A long episode, that one, an extra one for you. Two episodes this week. Jack, where can we find you on Twitter? At UTD Tate, T-A-I-T. And you can find me on Twitter at Robinson 64 and you can find the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod, P-O-D. Thank you very much for joining us. We'll have that one out for you very soon. Hope you enjoyed the cup final. It was a very special occasion. Goodbye. Podcast Network. As a veteran, I live with health impacts from my service. VA healthcare means you're in 100% control of your own medical care, your own benefits, and it only takes minutes to set up. A veteran should enroll in VA healthcare because it ensures that they get quality, high level care for the rest of their lives. My service was then, my benefits are now. Get what you earned. Visit choose.va.gov. Not all veterans are eligible for the type or amount of benefits mentioned here.